Great chiropractors and physical therapists are under constant pressure of declining insurance reimbursements and long hours. But did you know there's a way to double your profit without working more? By building a gym onto your practice, you can earn more income, stabilize your business, and be a hero to your family, patients, and team. It's a big undertaking with a huge reward. Dr. Josh Satterley has done it, changed his life, and now wants to help you do the same. Welcome to Clinic Gym Radio. Hey, everybody. This is Dr. Josh Satterley of Clinic Gym Radio, and I'm here with the one and only uh, master of the uh, the forward-thinking universe, Dr. Bobby Maybe. Hi, Bobby. Hello. And we are lucky to have a, a leading researcher in the world of chiropractic, uh, Dr. Tim Raven. Tim, how are you? Really good, Josh. Nice. Well, we wanted to do something a little special here because the three of us are sitting in uh, Tim's penthouse suite uh, in the Paris Hotel in um, Las Vegas, but we are all here for the Parker Seminar, which uh, is very exciting. I think it's a very exciting time uh, in chiropractic, and this certainly is a different kind of Parker than I used to. I came here 10 years ago, and this is way different. I might even say there's never been a greater time to be a chiropractor. Wow. That's uh, big words from a big man, but I would agree with that. I, I'm seeing a lot of great stuff here. I'd love to hear your guys' opinion. Uh, Bobby, what have you seen? And by the way, we're doing something special here. We're going to try and use this as a dual FTCA uh, uh, forward podcast and uh, Clinic Gym Radio podcast. And Tim, if you want to start a podcast, we already have your first episode done, so let this, us know. This could be episode one, yeah. Yeah. But what are you seeing, Bobby? What do you, I mean, you went to this uh, a lot of different workshops over this last couple of days. What's inspiring you? Well, from what I've learned today, inspiration doesn't matter, <laughs> uh, which is actually quite ironic for something like a Parker Seminars. Um, you know, it, take, it usually takes me a while to collect my thoughts on what I've seen or what I've felt, but what I'm getting right now is even if you would consider yourself an evidence-based chiropractor, uh -huh. uh, if you're not here, I think you're actually kind of missing out, and, and hopefully as this episode goes on, I can kind of elaborate on that. Yeah. I'm, I'm noticing that what used to be, and I'll, I mean, I'm not speaking for anybody in this group. I'm just speaking for myself. I came 10, I can't remember, it was nine or 10 years ago. And it was, I would say 80% philosophical base or, or, you know, motivation and maybe 20% information. And I would, looking at the different, uh, there was two people speaking about documentation today. There was people speaking of rehab. There was probably, I don't know, two thirds was what I would consider well within the evidence informed version of chiropractic. And, and, and then there's still some inspiration. I mean, you can still go and, 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 you know, get your goosebumps to pop up a little bit if, if that's what you're looking for, which isn't bad. I mean, you got to have some, some motivation and some happiness, but, um, that's my take of what I saw in the offerings. Well, what I saw was the people who are here are participating. They're they're doing something. So, uh, I, I from what I heard in the in the FTCA group, as we were sort of, you know, it's very easy to sort of make fun of something like Cal Jam or or the bigger tent revivals that we yeah. have in the profession. But this thing was not. It has not come across as a tent revival whatsoever. And I had one previous experience with Parker seminars. Uh -huh. It was like eighty percent. 70% motivational uh -huh. and then like 20% information like you said and then okay. there's 10% of this uh, sort of like chiropractic philosophy thing. I don't think this event should be equated with those other events that sort of go off that deeper end. No, uh, I, This is a much more sort of a middle of the road. 
Yeah, I would. I would event. definitely give some kudos to uh, Dr. Bill Morgan, the the president of Parker, because I I think it's with his uh, his pushing that this is drastically changing. That that's my feel. He, he that's what he wants, right? And that, that's exactly what he's trying to do. But you can't just change the whole ship overnight. I and mean, this is a huge right. thing, and you can't just sort of say, okay, so for sixty five years we've had this. Parker seminar that focuses on focuses on the principles of of Jim Parker, and then all of a sudden be like, okay, so let's introduce you to the SFMA, right? And we're only talking DNS all day long, but they're talking DNS tomorrow, and that's right. the start, you know? Yeah. And Greg Rose was speaking yesterday about TPI, and and that TPI's medical model is based off the SFMA, so. and, and he blew people's minds too. They're like, right. oh my god, right? You know, and and uh, and then. All of a sudden, everyone wants to know who Greg Rose is, right? And that's a, a positive thing for the profession. You know, and then you bring in uh, your token research guy, right? This, this guy to my left over here. Yeah, you, you got to bring in the the heavy hitters to give it some legitimacy. Yeah. Well, why don't you hand the mic to the the heavy the heaviest of heavy hitters? Where is he? <laughs> we couldn't get him, but uh, you'll work pretty well, Doctor Raven. How are you? I'm good. Don't don't call me doctor, please. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Mister Raven. Uh, just kidding. So Tim, uh, can you give everybody an idea of your perception of what you see at this conference? Yeah, I've been, I've been impressed. It's a, it's a good combination of positive change with regard to things that work in practice, things that we've seen uh, over the years with SM, SFMA and, and uh, functional approach to people's health, and not just... Uh, what I was, what I was hoping I wouldn't see, and I haven't seen, is the uh, ten visits a, a week for the rest of your life type of approach. Right. I, I have, it's a great point. I haven't heard that mentioned one time. No. Uh, so that's pretty impressive. That I'm, intense, intense care. Yeah, we haven't seen it. Yeah, and and, and I'm not hearing the words, you know, corrective and and um, healthy nervous system and and things that we used to hear a lot. And it, it would look to me that a lot of these chiropractors are interested. In the rehab, they're, they're at all different spectrums on that kind of, or they're all different places on that spectrum, but the desire is certainly there. Yeah. We did hear quantum today, but I think that's to be expected once well, in a we while. Heard, we did hear some large words uh, in the final uh, send off session today, but <laughs> I think they stick out partially because they're, um, they are the, the exception and not the rule, right? Yeah, I think that's a good point. It is the exception. Yeah. Well, uh, can you give everybody a little bit of your background for those who don't know? I mean, most of our listeners. Definitely have the researchers of the year, chiropractic researchers of the year calendar, and you are Mr. Yeah. April? Uh, missed, missed, no, August. August, Mr. August. Mr. August, okay. Yeah. But for those who don't have that calendar and don't know, uh, yeah. could you give them an idea who you are and, and what you're all about? Who am I? Uh, Tim Raven, uh, as you hear from the accent, I'm from Australia, Melbourne, Australia, very clearly from the accent, and uh, lived for the, almost 20 years now in Norway, uh, research is interested in how uh, the motor neurons the, and the deep muscles of the spine function and act uh, in pain and in healthy subjects. What's the difference? Okay, I got to ask on behalf of everybody, what in God's name is going on in Australia that all these researchers want to know about the deep muscles and pain? I mean, you, Mosley, Butler. Is Butler from Australia? Yeah. Yeah, what what happened down there? Did people start a was the the mafia going around breaking spines? What what occurred? I didn't get interested until I moved to Norway. But um, and no, everybody heard they, you're from Australia, so they assumed you knew about deep muscles and pain. N- no, not <laughs> not not at all, not at all. 
Uh, we were we were motivated by a guy, an anesthesiologist, who was looking at at how posture is controlled, or tonic muscle uh, function is controlled in mm-hmm. rats' leg muscles, and we wondered if this had something to do with. The spine. Yeah, actually, Tim was bringing this up last night at the bar, and I mean, the ladies were flocking. It was <laughs> luckily Bobby was there to push them off. But rats' legs is a, is yeah. a good pickup line. You, yeah, you talk about deep motor neurons, uh, rats' legs, and research. I mean, they. You, I don't know why we did this in Vegas. It was a stupid move on our part, right? No, it's a perfect place to do it. Yeah. So, so you got interested in that, and and where is that taking you? Connect me from rats' legs to uh, a chiropractor, because you're still in clinical practice, right? Yeah, and we did this in neck muscles and in low back muscles, and that's the connection with chiropractic. And because we leave our electrodes in in place uh, pre and post uh, adjustment, we can see if there's changes. Uh, and you're to adjusting how, to how the motor neurons are working. You're adjusting rats, or is this human Humans. subjects as well? Human okay. subjects, only okay. human subjects. Okay. Only human subjects. Only human subjects. All right, cool. Yeah. And uh, and can you give everybody a little synopsis? Not that this is, I think this might be a little entertainment, but let's do the uh, 80% inspirational, 20% informational. <laughs> Real quick, what can you tell our people to respect uh, evidence-wise since you... You've been slapping hands all day. Yeah, well, the evidence the evidence is that uh, there are changes changes to how the motor neurons function. Uh, it seems to be mostly local changes, not necessarily driven from above down, uh, which is going to upset some people, perhaps. But oh, hold uh, on, yeah, there's some people t- vomiting downstairs in the lobby. Hold we're, t- on. we're talking mostly seg- <laughs> segmental changes. <laughs> Can we leave it? Leave, we'll leave it at that. Perhaps right, go block the door, Bobby. They're going to storm. <laughs> they're going to storm our room here in a second. <laughs> okay. And, and and what does that mean clinically? So for the guy that's putting his hands on people every every day for adjusting purposes, uh, what does that really mean? What what he's doing is having an effect, and it's working, and you should keep on doing it. Okay. So it, it's it's of the things that that people do. Uh, so the manual, manual treatment manipulation manipulation works. works. Okay. And it's effective for. Uh, it's an effective treatment, and that, that's backed by your research, not just with rat legs or whatever you're no. looking at, yeah, but in human beings as well. Well, we don't do clinical research; we do we do basic science. But the clinical research has been done. Korchak's work uh-huh. shows that it it works. There's responders who who work. This works okay. really well on. So we should okay. keep using it. Fantastic, and uh, I, it's cheap and it's effective. Yeah, and you already got the tools, right? They're yep. at the ends of your arms. Yep. Yeah. Well, I was asking you yesterday of all the things that we see in this expo, and there's analgesics, there's lasers, there's pulsed um, EMP, there's uh, what other? Do you see any modalities down there? Lasers, thumpers, and thumpers, vibration yeah. tools, yeah. sound waves, um, shock waves. Yep. Out of all that, the you were kind of anecdotally telling me at lunch that the most evidence-based tools are manual therapy, manipulation, and a caring touch of a, of a doctor. And, and exercise. Okay, and exercise. Yeah. And somebody who, yeah. ironically, somebody who gives a shit. Yeah, right? so, so move, movement, manual therapy is either manipulation, mobilization, and, and being a caring practitioner. Okay. Those things work, get yeah. results. And I asked you what the most evidence-based piece of equipment was, and you said, those tables, those tables over there are pretty evidence-based. Yeah. I like that. Patients have to lie on something. Yeah, it was a good response. I mean, you know, nobody thinks about that stuff, you know, but it's like, oh, yeah, that's great. So, all right, well, thank you very much. Pleasure. Not Dr. Raven. Yeah. But I'll just call you Tim. Call me Tim. All right, Tim. And Dr. Maybe back to you. He's good. He is. Yeah, I mean, he just broke down, uh, you know, 74 years of... uh, 
of but staying in a dark basement. Didn't researching. mention once how that affects my cosmology or Co- cosmonology, cosmonology, yes, or uh, my quantum levels, which sure. kind of disappoints me after this Parker Seminars experience. Yeah. By the way, we don't have to defend Parker Seminars at all. Like, it almost sounds like when we started this this. Uh, well, maybe we didn't have to defend Parker. We don't have to defend ourselves for being here. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I. Well, Tim doesn't because he's paid to be. He's speaking. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they they shipped him in, but but um, I think people should be here. Like if you showed up, if you were an evidence based chiropractor and you're sitting and and uh, poo hooing these events, you should be here. Right. You know, if, like- you, if you were here. And you shared your voice, and you talked to the vendors, and you talked to William Morgan, and you said, and you you were you had the app, the Parker Seminars mm-hmm. app, and you voted mm-hmm. on what classes you liked and you didn't like. Eventually, right. they would hear it, right? And then it would change. And hopefully, it's uh, you you know on your podcast, you recently re, uh, interviewed uh, Charlie Weingroff, right? And and he had a great point. He said, go to these things and, and pull out the good. Don't don't just try and poo poo everything, but pull out the good. And it should stretch you because if you're not being stretched, if you're staying in your safe little zone of if if uh, Tim only stays in in the world of research, you're we're never going to get great, great research in the end because you're not stretching to go. Oh, oh my gosh, what you know that that's changing my mind. This could be great uh, events for Tim because then he could, as a researcher, find different questions to ask. Right. Yeah. And I mean, he might see these machines and the pulse things. I mean, the the vendor. Caravan or Expo or the hall with all the vendors completely fascinated me this weekend. There's so many different things that yeah. I've never used and I never thought to use. And by the the amount of business that they're getting or people that we're talking about, I'm thinking, you know, I would pass a couple booths and I go, it appears this is well known in the industry. I don't, I've never heard of it, but it appears that this is well known. And a lot of people are using it. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, am I under a rock? Like, I, right. you know, I, here I think, oh, I'm in one of the largest chiropractic groups on Facebook, which is the FTCA, and and yet it's like, oh yeah, that that never gets mentioned in there. And then you see what people want, like you yeah. see what the doctors want. Like right. I, as we're there and we're walking around the expo hall, most of the vendors were somehow rehab based. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, there a was of, a lot of sort of like how to answer questions about documentation mm-hmm. and or how to send your patients home with. If you're giving them rehab, how to make it easy for them, whether it's through an iPhone or an app or a computer, like for them to actually learn their rehab and do it and then check in with you. I thought there was a, some great tools for that. And if you don't think straight chiropractic is getting closer to its deathbed, there were so many analgesics there. Yeah. And, and for there to be so many analgesics at a place you might or might not con- consider to be a straight chiropractic event, mm-hmm. which, like I said, it's not. Uh, obviously, that doesn't fit that philosophy. There's a lot of right. like, what can we rub on people to help them feel better? Right. And the you know the last time I was here, there was a I would say probably two or three times the number of, um, uh, how would I say this market marketing driven supplement companies. Right. Yeah. And right. I, I don't see them. They, they've either died or they're not. Right. They're being banned from the show. You, you know what else was missing? There were not. There was not a single booth that I could see that was chiropractic consulting based, like coaching based, uh-huh. like how to get more patients. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like th- yeah. those kinds. Yeah, the, they're not there. Right. Yeah, I wonder what's happening to those groups. Are they being blocked? Well, to is it Parker's credit they're being blocked, or is it that the 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 um, the profession is moving away from that idea? The, the profession, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know the answer to the question. I gotta but hope not because curious. I'm consulting with people now, and am I at the wrong time? You know? <laughs> yeah. 
But well, I think the consulting business has changed quite a bit. I think it's now mm-hmm. it's more sp- specifics driven. So you're right. not like consulting with somebody who wants to solve your your questions of, along a broad base. Even breakthrough mm-hmm. coaching has changed mm-hmm. their philosophy of how sure. they deliver their product. It's not like you hire me as a coach and then I'm going to show you everything. Right. It's you hire me as a coach to to answer a very specific problem. Right. And that's when you should hire a coach, anyways, is to answer specific problems. Right. Or specific challenges that you're trying to implement or right. understand. I always think that with the SMA, you get to you run the diagnostics, and when you find something you can't treat, that is what you should study next because it's telling you clearly this is the reason that the right. person has a problem, but you can't do anything about it. Learn that. So when you're saying in business, figure out where is your limitation? Is it marketing or is it documentation? Do you keep getting hammered and not repay no repayments because your documentation sucks? Great, go to a documentation seminar, you know, and. Uh, I love that approach. What do you What do you think are the challenges that these uh, doctors that we sort of talk to yeah. have the most? That's a great question because I, I've been asking them lately, and the thing that the thing that bothers me the most, I think, would be the the idea that there's a lot of chiropractors that they're struggling uh, financially because you have an insurance model that's built off of a code that should be universal for all providers. And then when you choose to do a better job, in my mind, you know, you spend a little bit more time di- uh, diagnosing, a little more time doing rehab. Those things just take time, you know. Like Tim said, you can't use the uh, NeuroLaser nine thousand and just do a thirty second right. treatment. You know, they right. take time. And and then the these codes may not pay for that, or they may not reward you for taking that time. And so you're up against the ropes financially as a business owner. So um, and then the flip side of it. I'm just, I'm kind of going off the rails here, but I'm getting the idea that the message that was spread about what is a chiropractor in, say, 1995, just as an idea, is 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 dwindling more and more, and it's fading away from the mindset of the public. But I don't think that the forward thinkers, I'll just use the Forward Thinking Chiropractic Alliance group, I don't think we've yet stepped up enough to fill in that blank. That's right. There, there, there's a vacuum of space, and it's like there is no message right now. There's no clear message. Uh, there was a clear message in 95. It wasn't the message we wanted, but it's certainly clear. What is a chiropractor? You go there, you're going to do a lot of visits, and it's going to last a long time. And now there's a vacuum, and I think it's a perfect opportunity to get out there and and spread a message. <laughs> now, now, that just statement coming out of my mouth, I always think like, man, should I be up on the stage motivating and everything? No, that, I'm not saying that. Like, patients need something to anchor onto. But you should. I mean, yeah, if you think this is the right way to treat people, right, and the evidence supports it, and and we're evidence driven, mm-hmm. we say, okay, so the best ways to treat people: mm-hmm. manual therapies, exercise, mobility, and caring, listening. Uh, talking and understanding yeah. the patient There's are no reason- the best ways to do it. Right. And it's the best way to treat, uh, well, let's get Parker. It's the best yeah. way to treat humanity mm-hmm. on the most quantum level. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then, then how can you not like want to go out and make sure that that's the way it's done? Yeah. I, w- I would say that marketing is the number one problem facing our profession right now, as in marketing the message of what we can do, marketing what we do to MDs who you talked to Jeff Langmade, and I'm sure Tim would say the same thing. Like, we have this great tool for, let's just stick to the spine, neck, and low back pain. We have this great treatment modality for that, but we are not used at the highest, uh, what do they call that, the uptake rate, like when MDs refer? Um, utilization. utilization, yeah. The utilization is not as high as it should be for what has, through research, proven to be 
one of the best treatment tools for this thing that they're they're seeing a ton of people with low back pain and neck pain, right? Yep. And and yet we're not out there spreading the message enough of hey, we can handle this, you know. So uh, what, well, to what, refer back to Parker Seminar and the yep. theme of this weekend, if it is to be, it's up to me. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> I'm all about it, man. I'm up to yeah. it. No, but personal responsibility. If, yeah. if if the MDs don't know, whose fault is that? It's not, yeah. it's it's not, not the MDs. Any, it's, it's our fault. Right. And if the patients don't know what, what to do or what we expect right. when they walk into a chiropractic practice, right. that's our fault. And you know, it's funny, like the, the old style. If chiro- the insurance companies can't respect what we're doing and pay right. us appropriately, right. that's our fault. It's not yeah. their fault. There's have no ever, conspiracy. Right. But as a professional, have we done a good job of swimming upstream and going, hey, let me show you what we can do. When we when I bill nine seven one one two, here's what I mean by that. Now right. you're you're you know telling insurance company you're angry because of what people billed eight nine twenty years ago that they were abusing that. But observe my office. Shit, I'll, I'll give you. I'll put in a camera and show you what I'm doing every day to show you what exercises what what we're billing those codes for. And then you tell me if that fits your model, if that's what you want. Because I think it is. But with the way you pay me, I don't think you think. It is like you don't have it, but they don't have the evidence. We're not marketing that message to them to say this is the best way. Well, you have to show up. Right. You have to, and showing up doesn't mean just coming to events. Right. And it doesn't mean dancing in the aisles when someone says something you like. Showing up means you have to pull out your checkbook and you have to commit yourself to mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. You have to commit yourself to the profession, to the process, to the political uh, realm. You have to you have to put your money down for research. Maybe you don't put your money down on all that stuff, but whatever you're into, right. if you're into it, put your money where your mouth is yeah. and get involved. I, I think a perfect money analogy. or time. You got to do some fucking thing, money or time. Yeah, one or the other. Yeah, there has to be energy behind it. You can pay for the energy, you can produce it yourself, but it has to be. I think a microcosm of this is, is you know, we we mentioned Greg Rose before and. That man is great about marketing because he truly believes what he does is the best thing for golfers, right? Right. It's seamless because... And he talks about it everywhere he can. Yeah. And if the you know uh, Professional Golf Association of Southern Louisiana asks, hey, will you come speak of this thing? He goes, yes, I will. And I'd be happy to do it. And then there was a time when there were some issues in the you know political realm of USGA, of the, the golf overseeing uh, organization. Uh-huh. And it was like, hey, there's some political issues. And they said, okay. Let's deal with those. Let's talk about them. Let's get them out in the open and actually deal with them and not just sit here and get upset two years from now when there's some decision made and go, oh, they made this decision, blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, like it, you, you could have been a part of it, you know? I mean, most chiropractic state associations aren't so big that anybody listening can't be involved with it within five years from now. That's a great point. That's a yeah. great point. I mean, maybe in California, maybe in Florida you can't, but you, I, you I think still could. 40, 40 states have got to be soft. There were tons of stories today of people who are on the stage who were yeah. like, they were there as a student one year. Right. And they said, I want to be on the stage within a year. They made yeah. the goal yeah. and they did what it took. And they asked the people, what does it take to get on stage? These Parker guys, they have like an event tomorrow at lunch where right. they say, you think you want to be on the stage? Come on up uh, to our little event and test yourself. Very nice. And the researcher has something. Yes. Yeah. Uh, as well as being a researcher, I used to be the president of the European Council on Chiropractic Education. Nice. And the only way I got into that, you moved back, to Europe back in two thousand seven, was I asked, "How do I get involved?" And then you actually did something about it after. I that? did something about it. I, yeah. I went to a training day. They had so many places for trainees. 
from Norway, they took my wife because they had a both a female quota and only one per country. And I said, well, what if I pay my own way? Can I go as well? So I paid for myself to go to the training mm-hmm. day. And they saw that I was interested. I got onto the board and I became president. Wow. And, and what do people, what, what do you think some of the perception is now of people seeing you when you were president? Did they go, oh, well, that's, just because, that's just because he knows people? No, I don't think, I don't think at all that's, that's what happened. I got to know people because I was president. I, didn't have okay. an ac- I had an academic background uh-huh. as opposed to an educational background, but uh-huh. the educationalists appreciated the fact that I was very upfront and prepared to do the work. Nice. So uh-huh. if people aren't, aren't prepared to do the work, aren't prepared to contribute, then they also should keep their mouths shut and stop complaining. <laughs> it sounds so even-keeled when you say it, Tim, but if we can get Bobby to get, you know, a little tipsy and just start yelling into the microphone. Maybe that'll maybe that'll be enough motivation to actually change. Yeah. I can't. You can't lead a horse to water here. You can't. Like they have to want to do this. It, 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 the, it, William Morgan, I hope you listen to this podcast because I'd like to thank you, and, and I'll thank you in addition to this podcast. Mm-hmm. The guy is doing something, man. Oh yeah. But when he he's when, pushing about as hard as you can push in an. I mean, for an academic organization, any academic organization on the face of the earth, to make a major change is... is well, it's two things. He's got the academic organization, and then he has Parker Seminars. The professional arm. Which is like, a, it's a whole different business where he has different responsibilities as a CEO. He's got to make money, and he's got to please a board and all this other right. stuff. But, um, you know, he brought me here, and I saw something, and I see something in my group. I see something in the FTCA. I see 5,000 people. Right. Who, when, you know, and, and it's, it's part of my leadership when I bring up that I'm at Parker seminars uh-huh. and the jokes start rolling in and the, mm-hmm. the eyes start rolling, they go, well, yeah, yeah, there's plenty of stuff to sort of poke at here yeah. that you can laugh at. But there's also, I would say there was about 10% that, that I could poke at. And Tim would agree with me because he's been sitting at with me almost this whole weekend. Right. There's about 10% where I've kind of gone like, huh, <laughs> oh, geez, come on, man. And then there's been about, uh, well, let's be honest, about 70% where I'm like, okay, there's something I can take home yeah. there. And then there's just 30% where I'd rather just be drinking a beer. But, um, you know, there's stuff here that you can take. Yeah. But you don't know if you don't go, and you right. can't change any of it. You can't change how much all, your whole situation yeah. sucks unless you do something active about it. I, I've I remember back in the day, the first time I was in a room of four people, at um, I won't mention the the seminar I was at, but it was a soft tissue modality, and somebody brought up DNS, and I remember everybody there is like, you don't need that. Like you just need to have better manual therapy skills, and. I made the mistake of going, yeah, you know, they're right. You know, like, <laughs> you just got to be better with your hands. And I thought it was a joke. Like, when you hear about this stuff and you go on the website and it's like this old website, it's got a picture of a dude working on an infant on the top. I'm like, oh God, like, what is this crap? Like, this, come on. Like, and it's from the right. Prague School right. of Rehab, which I, I remember for a second, I thought, Prague, my foot, that's probably Prague, Pennsylvania. Some dude's in his basement <laughs> faking this out. You know, you just throw a couple, uh, uh, you know, like uh, you yeah, act- and they got everyone in their underwear in the pictures, yeah. and yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, what is this? Now, smash cut two years later, and I, uh, I'm talking to, I believe it was either Charlie Weingroff or Jeff Kubos, and they're going, oh my god, DNS changed my rehab skills. I totally, you know, it completely changed the way I diagnose. And then Jimmy Ewan walked up, and he's like, oh yeah, and they're they're talking about this, and now I'm the odd man out for not having even just like. Forget believed in it. They, these guys have gone to like two or three classes and invested the money when it was not easy to find a DNS seminar. 
And all three of those guys are incredible and forward thinking uh, and they're delivering the best care and they're way ahead of the time of their time because they didn't have a mindset of, oh, that's stupid or, you know, what, what could that, you know, I just need to get better at this. They actually questioned themselves and said, is there something there? You know, what is the positive? Yeah, and, and Charlie's the shining example of that. Even if he thinks something's completely stupid, he's still going to go check it out. Right, and that guy could get free seminars all day long, and yet he pays for a lot of seminars because he wants to go experience something else. I mean, look at Tim. Like, Tim, you know, you're, he is sitting through every, every presentation, everything that, you know, you have a more critical eye than, than Bobby or anybody here probably, and yet you're... I'll give you that. Yeah. <laughs> you're you got a more critical eye but your mouth is not nearly as as uh you know i'm not as sharp as bobby yeah well i don't know about that. he has got nice eyes though yeah he does you yeah. know yeah. yeah uh but but to your credit tim like you know it'd be easy for a researcher to dis- dismiss almost everything because it's like oh i can find fault in everything I, right without without trying to trying to brag I, I go to a lot of conferences and seminars each year and i generally attend What's there to be to be attended? I, uh, what's the point of being there if you're just going to sit in your room or in in Vegas go out and play the play the? Right. I think machine. that might be a core value of yours. Hence, why you're a researcher is I need the information. Yeah. It may or may not come through, but I'll yeah. I'll try it. Yeah. And I think it's it's important to to get as as diverse in input as possible. Nice. That, that's a good sound though. Has there has? Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to hide that, but we we might have yeah. a couple cocktails here. Has there been anything? Uh, this at this seminar, by the way, that did pique your interest, as in, like, either I've never heard of that, or they might have something there, or that's worth researching because maybe that. So sometimes research is is best when it's the ease of use of what they're talking about could change a profession. I mean, there are plenty of things that are research, but they're just not uh, clinically worthwhile because they're so cumbersome or something. Yeah. There's there's been some talk of cold laser that I was that I think is interesting modality. Uh, I, I don't think yet the evidence is there whether it's as good as people say it is, but it's freaking laser beams, Tim. Yeah. They're that good. They're that good. It's yeah. laser beams. You haven't seen any movies where I saw the Incredibles there was a guy with laser beams in his eyes. Yeah. And, yeah. 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 Well, that's what, that's okay. That's what it's about. Death Star. The Death Star takes out a planet, man. Uh, must be good then. Yeah. No, but that's a hot laser. It's way too. It's way too it's high. Hot? Of, yeah. It has to be. Yeah. I mean, the place explodes. So yeah. I'm just okay. guessing it's high. Yeah. But. Um, so there was a bit of talk about that. Uh, the stuff that I've seen, it it, it hasn't been uh, earth shattering. But then this isn't a research conference, so I don't right. expect it to be earth shattering. Right. Uh, I expect it to be down to day-to-day skills that clinicians can use. Okay, so let me ask you a question on, along those lines. What, how well do you think the research that you're seeing is what you would consider current research is being disseminated rate-wise compared, not, it's not perfect, it's never going to be perfect, right? No. But what is it now compared to what it was 10 or 20 years ago when you first got in the profession and saw it? Is the dissemination happening faster or better? It, I tell you what, it pe- people are more happy to to use things that are going to make them money than are necessarily what's going to help. Say that again, but I'm sorry. People are more prepared to use modalities and techniques that are money-driven or economically driven than necessarily evidence-based. Okay. You think and that's worse now than it was 20 I, years I ago? I think it's the same. Oh, okay. Well, I've been around, I've been in practice for nearly 30 years. So what you're and, saying and I don't is think it hasn't I, gotten worse. I don't think it hasn't gotten worse. I don't think it's changed a lot. There's, there's, okay. there's, we're gradually yeah. incorporating evidence into our practices. P- 
people who call themselves evidence-based practitioners right. don't, in a lot of cases, don't understand what that means. They don't have the evidence to support that name? Well, they, they, <laughs> they, they, they think because they've seen it in one paper, then that's mm-hmm. their evidence-based. Well, they've read a case study. Or, mm-hmm. or, it's, more, it's more than that. And we should be it's going... It's incredibly time-consuming to be evidence-based. Well, not really, it, because it, what we're getting down to is, should we be looking at individual RCTs or should we be looking at systematic reviews and meta-analysis? And that's where the evidence is that we should be basing. And guidelines. Okay, you said, and, and, again, hey, and hold read, on, hold read on. guidelines. The chicks are going to start knocking down the door again. Yeah, okay, I know. So just it's keep not them, sexy. Keep it's the not, research language low. Research isn't sexy. I yeah. do stick. I do stick needles in people's backs while they're uh, awake. Right. That's kind of sexy. Uh, if you're into that kind of thing, man, in Norway, <laughs> yeah, that's that's that Norway stuff, man. I, you know, <laughs> but uh, so um, I think there is this thing. Do you guys notice this? Let me just ask this question. With these modalities that you're saying are, are economically driven, or they're you know they they have really good marketing behind them. Are they more effective sometimes because it's not just a dog and pony show for the doctor here. That dog and pony show goes to their office, right? And if I can wave the laser beam at you, I mean, my perception is if I do some manual therapy and then throw some uh, orange goggles on the patient and laser beam them for 30 seconds, that their perception of that care is going to be much higher than you're, you're tapping into the contextual effect, which is really improving the value of your care, which okay. is important. All right. But we've got to do it in an ethical way. So okay. we, can't, we can't just have a, a flashing lights to impress patients. Okay. It also has to have some, some ethical framework. Uh, um, so we, we, the, 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 the balance would be, or the, the opposite end of the spectrum is homeopathy, which has fantastic, or, fantastic contextual effects but has no ethical framework to it. There's, okay. no, there's, no, there's no biological plausibility. So you've got to, as long as you've got biological plausibility, then you've got you're some... Break, you're the heartbreaker, man. Yeah. You just broke some hearts, I'm sure. Out Sorry. There. Oh, that, that's fine with me, but... Do you, do, you, do you have a lot of homeopaths who listen in? I don't think we do, but no. um, I, I can't imagine there's nobody listening that doesn't work closely with a, a homeopathic... Yeah, practitioner. No, it, the, yeah. I, I struggle with the concept that that water can remember onion juice from being diluted a, a million times. It's 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 toxins, man. He is Australian by nature, and they uh-huh. are supremely uh, skeptical. Um, I, in America, we don't have like true homeopaths. Oh no, no. The, I mean, there's naturopathic doctors. Yeah, uh, I stand up for some good. Oh, yeah, there's no uh, recognized profession here. There is there is in Australia. Australia. Oh, okay. Yeah, they have like homeopaths there. Right. Um, but we have homies here. We, we have some homies. I've got yeah. a couple homies. Yeah, sure. Um, and there are probably some other jokes there. We've got somewhere. psychopaths. And we've got cosmonauts and all yeah. that. But um, th- there aren't like true, like the only homeopathy you're going to see is probably a multi-level marketing stuff, yeah. which is nonsense anyways. Yeah. Uh, but there are naturopathic doctors, and I think they get unfairly sort of blended in there. You did not. You're kind of smirking, though. You're smirking at the naturopaths. But uh, naturopaths are also getting the short end of the stick, too, because they also, in the same vein, yeah. uh, need to sort of step up their their right. their work. Yeah. Naturopaths, to me, are at the same level of a pediatric chiropractor in the fact that they probably do really great things for their patients, and a lot mm-hmm. of it is contextual, but they have no desire whatsoever to ever justify what they're doing through evidence-based protocols. And that's going to be a tough human trial, right? 
A pediatric, I mean, is that something in the research, other pediatric human trials? They, they've, done, they've done quite a few human, human uh, pediatric trials oh, really? uh, for crying babies and, and various things, but yeah, it, it's tough. Can you put some needles in some spinal segments? Not on kids, no. <laughs> I, yeah. I, 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 like my, I like my subjects to be able to uh, consent to yeah. uh, being part of the trial. Right, yeah. Well, parental consent's uh, fine for treatment, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, I, I have a question. Yeah. Or, uh, not a question, but I want to bring it back to DNS because I think okay. you hit on something. Um, DNS, to me, always has been ephemeral. I don't want to have to define that for you, mm-hmm. Josh, but it, it, it like hard to sort of grasp. Like it, it, yeah. it becomes sort of aloof on some level. Yeah, I think on it's on the outer circle of what I would consider like, like it's, it's not as digestible, esoteric, yeah, esoteric. Yeah. Sense, yeah. Um, if the DNS people mm-hmm. could make it a little bit more approachable, yeah, I think it would have a huge impact. Right. It, it, you know. I think sometimes Ben Fergus gets some grief for mm-hmm. his grip approach, right. which uses DNS concepts, mm-hmm. and then the DNS folks get upset that he's teaching the DNS concepts. Right. If we can say names, hopefully, you know, Ben will forgive me for bringing up right. his name and his approach. But, but, but what it, he but, has done has made it approachable. Like people, right? Can, it's an entry point, right? It's an entry point. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, if you're, there are a lot of things where if you enter, and I think to that point. If you notice, when DNS was hitting this kind of critical mass of growth within clinicians, I personally saw a lot more of these. You know, it went from a three-day DNS A to let's do a one-day DNS. How it applies to running, how it applies to golf, and it, these shorter, interesting kind yeah. of light, light seminars of hey, let's just get you a little interested, stir stir your pot a little bit, and you'll probably come back to us, which a lot of people did. But right. it was that taster session of wow, that's really different. I can I can use that. Now, um, and I think that the as the F, the functional movement system, mm-hmm. as it's arranged, also does a good job of that. They must yeah. have learned a lesson somewhere there that you can sort of be introduced to the functional movement screen, uh-huh. and then as a clinician, you can evolve into the SFMA. Sure, um, I think a lot of people got introduced that way. Right, a, a, a few years ago, you know, they were mostly doing the FMS first, mm-hmm. and then getting into the SFMA. Yeah. And early on, you know, SFMA included a lot of rehab exercises and all that. And they said, it's too much. Let's pull that out and let's just do diagnostic one weekend. When you feel comfortable with that, come back, do some exercise, and we'll be good. And I I think that that is exactly what you're talking about. Because you have to respect the fact you're talking with human beings who can only uptake this so fast and then can only implement it so fast in their practice. Here's an idea, Tim. I got an idea. I got, I'm down with, I'm done with my blue moon. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, Belgian white ale here, and uh, what if you? It doesn't have to be you, of course, but I'm trying to give you the million dollar idea here. Had some sort of course or concept where you can introduce people into the concepts of research and how to apply research in a very tangible manner, so that they don't they're not overwhelmed with how to either conduct or digest or. or I'll tell you the the thing that intimidates me, Tim, is is forging your own path. I mean, there is yeah. so much research. If you just go on to PubMed, like, where do you go? What question do you ask? What do you look for? You know, and it's like, it's just like when you're learning rehab, it's like, yeah, I can rehab your ankle and your knee, your shoulder. And, you know, somebody's sitting there saying that. And I'm like, how, like, what's your system? I don't understand what you're saying. I don't understand your language. And they're going, oh, it's easy. You just use these principles. I'm like, ah, well, then they break it down easy enough for you. And you go, okay, this is where you start. And this is the path you stay in. Yeah. 
Great idea, Bobby. I think if if you could do that, that would be the that would be the million dollar uh, enterprise because clinicians want to be able to understand it, but they find it too boring to sit through it. And there's been efforts at, at introducing critical literature reading and 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 being able to appraise literature. But clinicians have a busy day. They shouldn't have to do it anyway. If they want to read one paper every now and again, they should be able to pick out whether it's a good paper or a bad paper, but they shouldn't have to read through individual papers. They should, as right. I was saying before, they should be going to guidelines. Mm-hmm. And there's clinical guidelines for just about anything you want to do. Right. And we should be reading the clinical guidelines because that's well, the pre-digested. Those, it's, those it's, guidelines were written by researchers, brother. Yeah, but they're, <laughs> they're uh, in research true, language. But they're, they're, they're the summarized. They, the... There's always a summary of the guidelines, okay. which is written for clinicians. All right. So, in clinician so, language. So for those people out there who are listening going, well, I, you know, I've read enough research. I, I looked at, you know, and really they've looked at three research articles over the last 18 months. Uh, l- low back pain, what would you say are some guidelines that, and I'll give you a second to prep here. What are some guidelines that you could tell us right now that would tell that person, is your compass truly pointing at north or are you assuming that you're going north and really you're sailing, uh, you know, northeast? You know, like, because... Sometimes we have to reset ourselves and go, I didn't realize I was that, that far off. Well, the latest, latest guidelines that have been produced have come from the US uh, and Europe, Denmark okay. and the UK. Could, could you and give us a link to this that we could put in our show notes? Absolutely. Okay, so Tim will give us a link to this, so there should be something in the show notes. And there's also been some summary papers okay. of the best guidelines, one from the uh, Canadian, Canadian Medical Journal okay. uh, by an author called Traeger. And... The the big thing with guidelines in the last 10 years that wasn't there before mm-hmm. for acute low back pain, non-pharmacological. Acute neck pain, non-pharmacological. It says so in the guidelines. Okay. Stay away from pharmacological therapies to begin with. And these are not chiropractic research papers. These are just... These are research- general pop research papers. These are spinal researchers. Okay. We we had the, uh, the uh, I'm asking because the chi- yeah. of course the chiropractic journals are going to say stay away from pharmacology. Like yeah, no, this right? this this we had the in Nor- in Oslo in September we had the uh, the low back and neck pain forum, which is uh-huh. all the top top spinal researchers in the world. If uh-huh. a bomb had gone off in Oslo. Spined research in the world, it would have been set back thirty years. Uh-huh. Uh, and at that conference. The focus was on non-pharmacological uh, manual therapies. Okay, are useful advice. Talking to people. Okay, minimal care to start with. Okay, and uh, keep people moving through exercise. And so, that's what. So that's basically, what they the said was, we don't want to admit it, but chiropractors are pretty much the best first line of of treatment. The, chiropractors don't get mentioned because we're we're tiny. We're 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 meaningless in the world of uh, healthcare. Not really, Bobby and me. In, in I mean, ter- we got to have five hundred pounds at least between us. We can go you, yeah, you make guys, an impression downstairs. You yeah, you're a lightweight boy. researcher. I mean, you got to be pushing what one sixty, one seventy. Like my, my eighty kilos, whatever that yeah, translates nobody, to. Yeah. By American standards, you're almost an infant. I mean, almost. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so we're, we're essentially chiropractors are doing the right thing. We're doing non pharmacological. Yeah. And we're treating people. We there has been a tendency to overtreat. Okay. But I think like what we said earlier in this conversation, I'm not hearing the twice a week no, for 17 no. weeks anymore. You know, no, that's changing. So we're doing we're doing the right things. We just got to keep doing it. Okay. And we but we've got to make make 
the other professions aware through good collaboration with medical practitioners, through through physiotherapists, that we're doing the right things. Right. So we are literally the tip of the spear as far as what the research says the skill set should be. Yep. So, We've so got everybody it. listening, you're ahead. You you think that you're not ahead. You are actually ahead in this race because the research is is determining the best practices, and we just happen to have a skill set that matches up perfectly. If we, as a profession, choose to treat what ninety percent of the patients come to us for, and that's spinal pain. Okay. If we want to be everything else, yeah. I was just talking to somebody about this. So this is the funny thing. If we want to be everything else. Then, but, then we've. Then you, but the best to, way to get you to trust me to treat your knee is if you come in for something you already trust me for, aka yeah. spine. Yep. And we build a relationship, and you, you yep. know, you trust, you know, like and trust me, you like my front desk staff. It's easy to get in my office. Yep. And I go, oh, your knee. You know, that's something we can help you with. It's not a huge. Uh, what do you call that? It doesn't have to go above the line of supercutability. You know, it's no. just like okay, that sounds reasonable. It's, it's not a leap of faith, is it? Yeah. It's, uh, no, they, it's just uh, hey, that's what it. But yeah. but stick to coming in for spine pain and you probably have a massive amount of success, right? You want to go to talk at least to other health professionals, stick to spine and you're going to have a ton of success. Yeah. Because the research may not be there yet for us to be leading uh, knee pain research or knee pain treatment, right? We do the right things there as yeah, well. Yeah, but it's... It, again, it's, it's mostly... But in spine, it's, it's, uh, we've yeah. got the stamped and seal of approval, We've right? got the skill set, we've got the knowledge, we've got the diagnostic skills. And we have the public perception and that's what we do. So yep. why not grab onto that and just move forward and then do the other ancillary services based on this relationship, not based on the marketing, right? Indeed. That's awesome. Uh, it goes back to something you said about the Bobby... Uh, it goes back to spreading that message, right? And, and whose fault is it that we, we have the skill set and everything, but we're not getting the usage or utilization? Well, let's, let's not confuse the, the conversation that happens, though, with the straight chiropractic side. Where you, you're talking about knee pain and that it doesn't take a, a big leap in trust or logic. That's not what they're talking about. They're talking about keeping treatment window open in what they would call as a broader scope, Yep. Which really means just keeping the window open to the possibility of miracles. Right. right. You know, and they, they might not even say anything specifically condition wise, but right. you know, it's but it's like the ADHD, the asthma, the the bowel or bladder just it, it, it's like that's what they're talking about. Is like they don't want to minimize their their scope of practice to just the spine because it would eliminate their ability to sell the miracle. Yeah, and but that, that sand is running through their fingers right now, right? Like, I, well, of course, because I mean, there's this thing called the internet and Doctor <laughs> Google, and like the the world is getting smart. I mean, I don't know if yeah. the world's getting smarter per se, but they are getting much more access to information, and uh, and and they're just becoming smarter consumers, and they know that to some degree doesn't mean there aren't there doesn't mean there aren't typo miracles. It doesn't mean there aren't. Uh, unique things that'll happen as you see w- uh, when you treat patients, but you yeah. can't sell the ho- you can't sell that right. pipe dream. At, you can't front load it. Okay, you know, I, I, you know, we can all have conversations. Say we've seen stuff in practice, and that's oh, yeah. awesome. But yep. you, that doesn't mean the next thing you do is put up a Facebook ad saying "Believe in Miracles." <laughs> you know, <laughs> you can say to your next patient, be like, you know, I see some strange stuff, and I'm not sure what happens or why. Right. We have some theories of why. You know, if I work on your spine, you might feel better with your tummy aches or your stress mm-hmm. or your asthma and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I'm not really sure why. But I'm really happy for you that it worked out that way. Now let's get back to our goals. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. One thing did disturb me about this weekend, and I will say names. Okay. Uh, there was a portion at the end of the first evening where uh, this Dr. Brad Glowacki was speaking, uh-huh. and he's talking to the, the crowd about how to discuss things with patients. And one of the things one of his patients says, or, or one of the ways he approaches patients is he will say, the patient's saying, you know what, doc, with this treatment, I'm feeling great. I'm really starting to feel really good. And he was instructing the crowd. Not, it wasn't passive. It wasn't mm-hmm. sort of a, a flippant joke. He was instructing the crowd to say, and he had them repeat back to him, that the thing you say when your patient says they're starting to feel good is, huh, I'm really concerned. Now you have me concerned. As in that a patient's personal goal you know, it totally took the patient-centered conversation out yeah. of the picture and made it completely doctor-centric, huh. which which totally uh, pisses me off. Yeah, like that guy, you that guy, you guy, Vlad Vlad Gowacki, Glad Bowacki, whatever your name is, you fucking piss me off because that is not what we want to do as chiropractors. We want to be patient-centered and patient-focused, um, and we want to center. If that patient's goal was to feel better. Uh-huh. Among other goals that you might make, like spinal stability, range of motion, ability to uh, functional capacity increases, right? Whatever your personal goals are, if that was one of their goals, you have to honor that goal. <coughs> but instead, he's saying, "No, you go back to the nerve chart and point to that and say, I'm, I understand you feel better, but you still have all these problems that we need to work on. So keep coming back.'" Mm-hmm. Uh, I get disturbed by that stuff. Yeah, that is frustrating. And uh, so that message was still here this weekend. Yeah. And, and, you know, all credit to Parker. You can't control all the messages, but no. uh, I had to call that one out as I saw it. As, and, you, and, as you are apt to do. And, and you know, people get offended yeah. in this profession when you call people out by name, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm not afraid to. I wore those big black boots for a reason. That's right. <laughs> you wore high top boots so that they. High top uh, boots, yep. They can be wiped trooper. off easily. So, in case there was a lot of uh, excrement on the floor. And, and there wasn't session. as much as I expected. So. Right, yeah. So next year you can show up in Chuck Taylor's, man. You don't even need boots. I feel you know? like I'm kind of safe, yeah. Yeah, which is great. And, and uh, you know, the, uh, what, I don't know how to say this. I want to be, I want to be uh, uh, tactful here, but. It is your show. I know, uh, but, you know, like, like you said at the beginning, there's ne- it's evident to me that based on the research I'm hearing from Tim and I'm hearing from other people, um, based on what is available to us, whether we're talking about DNS or, or anything that's even not so uh, ethereal, like you know the, the, what the standard bearers are, um, there's never been a better time to be a chiropractor. You know? Have you read Murphy's book, The Crisp, the no. low, at least the low back one, volume one? No. Even just reading the intro lays out a perfect map for the future of chiropractic uh, that sets a stage for domination. Tell me the name again. Clinical Reasoning in Spine Pain, Crisp. Chris okay. Protocols, Don Murphy, right? Not Dan. Correct. Yep. Uh, Don Murphy. It's was Dan a, Murphy the guy that ran in the decathlon for the Olympics? Remember that? Dan Dan and Dave? or was oh, that well. Dan? I don't know which Dan that one. Yeah. But, he, he, <laughs> but uh, easy, even the beginning, man. even the beginning sets a great tone for our, our possible avenue into whatever you want to call it, increased market share. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously, as we understand, low back pain is an epidemic, right? Uh, if you want to focus on the low back specifically, and the problem with low back interventions is that most people, at least in North America, I'm not sure how it is in Europe, take a supermarket approach to it. They'll try a little bit of chiropractic. They'll try a little bit of 
uh, pharmaceuticals. They'll try over-the-counter medication. They'll try acupuncture, mm-hmm. massage. Uh, they'll go to physical therapy. They're bouncing around all over the place and not getting effective one-stop mm-hmm. professional focused care uh, right. in these evidence-based ways that will do the job for them, and they don't know it. Mm-hmm. And they have no idea where to go. And nobody is standing up and saying, that's the place you need to go because they'll get the job done the right way. Yeah. And even and, in our own profession where and, we could do it, people still are reluctant to do it. And by the way, that is even more evidence that you got to be freaking good at what you do. Because when you're talking about the supermarket approach, they're not going to take you know analgesic cream or uh, NSAIDs or whatever after they saw you because they don't have pain, right? right. Like if they yeah. have pain... Like, don't be uh, some sort of, uh, what do you call that, when you're just so single-minded saying, my treatment's the only way. Like, do anything you can yeah. to get them out of pain because you're dealing with a human being there. And I think a lot of people are like, no, chiropractic, and then they go, well, I take ibuprofen, and, and sometimes they even look down on the patient. It's like, dude, you would do the same thing in their case. Right, you would. Yeah, Absolutely. like you would be asking, hey, can you treat me? Can you do this? Can you do that? I'm going to get in the spa. I'm going to swim at the gym. I'm going to do everything I can. You do everything, you know? And and just use that as a marker to go, hey, you know, I didn't hit this one. Uh, this wasn't a walk-off grand slam, but it was a solid double off the wall. Let me see if I can maybe improve, you know? And at least get that part right. And then expand. Yeah. So then, okay, so you've established yourself as an expert in the treatment of low back pain and low back disorders. Right. Okay, then what comes after that? Let's make you stronger. Let's make you more healthy. Right. Let's focus on your health. Right. Uh, let's get you into some fitness. Let's get, let you understand nutrition. Yeah. Um, oh, by the way, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to involve that, uh, that, that primary care provider and say, hey, I'm treating this person, but they could really use your pharmacological help uh, because I can't seem to get them over that hump, right? Like right. show that person that you respect what they do and you're going to do everything you can. But when there is that limit, don't just think, hey, I'm going to keep this person for me. Involve them, right. Right? right? I hope that's okay, Tim. Can we involve them at certain levels? Just thumbs up, yep. All right, that's good. Yeah, I got two thumbs up there, not just one. Um, yeah. And when you are such a small profession, which Tim hit on and which I don't think chiropractors understand because we are somewhat self-absorbed in what we're doing. That's awesome. Is, I mean, we're the most humble of all professionals, right? right. Like, no, if there was a ranking system of of humility, we'd obviously be number one, right? We are the best. At, yeah, we get an award like for our humility. The best of the yeah. yeah, we are the best of the, the be, smallest, the most amazing. But yeah, we have the biggest. It, it's o- we are ego only the, the smallest, profession. the smallest profession because we are so gifted that the rest of the world does not understand the gift we have, right? Yeah, if we were just more on purpose, and everybody more certain, doesn't play in the Olympics, dude. I'm telling you what you I'm know? learning from Parker seminars. If we were just more purpose on purpose and certain about what we were doing, the whole world would understand. It's like being in the room with Jim but Parker they're, himself. They're so close-minded. Yeah, they can't see what we're trying to do here. You got to move your hands bigger. No, open up your arms. Of all those professionals that take the basic sciences of uh, chemistry, physics, organic chemistry, anatomy, and physiology, there yep. are millions and millions and millions of them on the planet. Mm-hmm. And there's uh, a couple hundred thousand chiropractors. Yeah. It's like 0.5% of the whole healthcare profession world. But again, to say there's never been a better time with, to be a chiropractor when the researcher is telling you that we have the skill set to treat, what is that? What condition is that? Epidemic proportion. Yes, yes. So that's a perfect matchup, perfect marriage. And you have a group of people, in my experience, I deal with physical therapists, I deal with chiropractors. Um, professionally, I've taught SFMAs, and you know, I've probably taught 2,500 
professionals, a mix of it's usually about two thirds PTs and one third chiros. And the chiropractors are a lot more willing to be engaging, get out in their community, speak in front of groups, put on workshops, do People all those love things. What you do, they they like yeah. it. But in PT, there's this idea like, hey, I need, I can't do that until I have a doctor's referral. Right. Yeah. Well, they're they're uh, it's a whole different. They're a little gun shy. Yeah. You know? And and we don't have that limit. And we have a license that says you can do anything. You can do so much, almost anything you want, as long as you don't break the law. But you can treat pediatrics if you want. You can treat low back pain. You can be the number one chiropractor for plantar fasciitis if you want. Then nobody's holding you back, right? Right. We can do all those things. Uh, but when we're really good at this one thing, which is low back pain, and that's at epidemic proportions, just why not, why not honor it and be really fucking good at it? Right. And then do the other stuff after you don't form that relationship. If it is to be, it's up to me, dude. You're or I'm killing changing, me. I'm changing it. You're too. killing me. Yeah. If it if it is to do, it's up to you. Ooh, see, even better. See yeah, that little twist right there. Um, but what's shoot. the saying? There is no I in team, but there's an I in win. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. In victory. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of things. So, uh, so I we've gone a lot of places here, but I think it's up to the chiropractors. If you have a, a license as a DC and you want things to change, number one, I think everyone in this room would give you permission. Go market the hell out of yourself for what the evidence says we're great at and what matches up with what the people around us in healthcare need. They need help with this. Nurses, doctors, MDs, DOs, orthopedic surgeons, they don't want to deal with this low-grade, low-back pain because they don't have a skill set that matches up. And as a person, they probably don't feel like they're doing their patient a service. I mean, everybody in healthcare, nobody went into it going, you know what, this is the best thing to make a ton of money not work very hard, keep my hours short, yeah. and have a, an exponential growth model. No, you do that, that that's if you're a stockbroker. It'd be like if someone walked into your chiropractic office with a toothache. Right. And you're, they're, they're like, help me with my toothache. Yeah, and it's somebody uh, you care about. You want to help them, you're like, I, don't, I, just, I wish I had something for tools. you. You don't have yeah. the tools. So it's better to, to make But if there's a, a dentist across the street, you could send them there, especially if that dentist has come over and been like, hey, Bobby, let's have lunch a couple make times. Make a network, yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, so get out there and market yourself. That's number one. Number two, evidence supports what we're doing. There's never been a better time. Uh, any uh, any suggestions there on marketing? We're going to take marketing advice from a researcher here, Bobby. This is going to be awesome. You ready? Also, also a clinician. It, I, I come from a European. We, we can't market ourselves to, we can't do testimonials, we can't do all that sort of stuff, and we have to be a bit humble. Okay, uh, but otherwise but we get the health the authorities taking our licenses the, away. We're the most humble. I want you to know that. Yeah, yeah, I, I see that. We're yeah, the best of being humble. Yeah, yeah, definitely by far number one humble in the humble Olympics. World. Oh yeah, we'd win gold, obviously. Gold, shiny. Yeah, unless it was the winter humble Olympics, and it'd be Norway. Okay, well, all right, uh, but okay. So, so if you. So you can't market yourself. You, yeah, of course we can, but we have to be uh, yeah. a little bit more. Um, but if the chains, subdued. if the chains were off, dude. If oh. you were here in the states, what would you do? Oh. No, I'd be going crazy on spine pain. I'd be going crazy on back pain, neck pain. That's what we're good at. That's what we do. That's what the evidence supports. And you could send out one research and, paper a week, uh, supporting the fact that we're great at that. For how long until you'd run out? <laughs> I don't type that fast. <laughs> I need I need students to write them for me. Yeah, okay, we can get you those. Yeah, um, the the evidence. You're a researcher. Is, Don't act like you haven't exploited students in the past. Okay, like <laughs> everyone knows the deal. I'd love to be able to exploit students. Um, we, we've got we got it we've got it made really. If we just want to, if we just want to do the hard mm-hmm. work, we have got it made. There yeah. is a huge demand. Yep, 
And Num- number one cause of years of dis- disability is back pain. Number number four cause is neck pain. Wow. In the world, in the US, in Europe, in Africa, it's the same. And we have a a group like Parker Seminars who's who's trying to get the best people in the world to talk about what you should do next and keep you inspired, keep you happy, mm-hmm. but learn a lot. I mean, I've learned I've learned from everybody up on the stage, yep. but also it's not bad to have a little bit of motivation moving forward and and reset your goals and think you know, the world is our oyster. It really is. Because we, if, if every chiropractor, I don't know the market, but do some quick math here. If every pra- chiropractor that's listening to this podcast multiplied their practice by 10, so this number of people that is in their practice, they multiplied that by 10, I don't think that we're going to still have a utilization problem. We still won't be a full, Not, we won't be treating all the people, we won't be treating half the people with low back pain, right? No, there's still, there's still problems. There's not enough chiropractors, but we don't just need numbers, we need quality. Oh yeah, I'm I'm just saying like yeah. as a as a illustration, yeah. yeah. You got to be great because if that person's coming into you, they're not going to come back if you're not doing anything for them. That's quite right. Yeah. So, excuse me. So, follow the research, market the hell out of yourself yep. unless you're in Europe and then be respectful. Yeah. Absolutely. But you're not in Europe if you're listening to this, so don't worry <laughs> about it. But seriously, uh we have this huge opportunity in front of us. And things like the Forward Conference in Kansas City, what were the dates again? June 1st through 3rd, 2018. Yep. Cleveland Chiropractic College, Kansas City. Yep, and I think that that is literally the stake. I think that is sticking a stake in the ground, raising the flag, and saying, hey, this profession is changing, and this is the first sign that it's gutsy enough to make that change. Um, we were bringing some brass cojones to the show, yep. Mm-hmm. yep. So if people don't have their tickets, by the way, get your tickets now. You can even get your picture taken with Bobby. Oh, we conference. should do something like that, right? Yeah, 10 bucks <laughs> donation to take your picture. No, we should not do that. Yeah. That is and not good. If I am not photogenic, I have a voice for podcast, a face for a face po- for podcast. podcast. Yeah, yeah. But uh, and if you're lucky, if you can find him, you could get your picture taken with Tim. But he's very shifty. Yeah. You won't be able to pin him down at that forward conference. You think? Yeah. The research says that he's he's tough to get a picture of. I, I don't have a mic drop exit. I think yeah. uh, I, I'm going right. to give Parker seminars an A. A, yeah, a good, I would give a good it, solid yeah. A. And by the way, next year, so this is a three-day conference. Just from a financial standpoint, I think they're selling tickets next year for $99. Yeah, but if you bought them today, like right now and tomorrow, yeah. Right, but I, let's say it's twice. Let's say it's 200 bucks after if you're not at the seminar. Three days of education for 200 bucks is like, come on. I mean, it's, it's, how can you not do it? And, and we're in Vegas, so you, know, you can bring the wife or you can bring, bring your staff. I mean- yeah, I gotta say this. This is something they that do gets like me. a staff thing. It's like yeah, big. but you know what's weird? I only see the straights doing that. I only see the straights. Yeah, bringing they bring their, their staffs. They have like a whole staff. Right, and they make this an event. And, yeah, what would so I used to take my 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 gym staff to the Perform Better Summit. It's like a three day summit down in Long Beach. Right, we'd go there every every year, and it was like eight sessions a day. You hear from Todd Durkin and Gray Cook and Dan John and all that. And what that did for my team was unbelievable because we all, it was our, our, our little getaway every year, our retreat. There's a slight ideological difference between, I think, some of the straight chiropractors and the evidence-based ones. Mm-hmm. The evidence-based chiropractors have this block in their mind that they are the, the linchpin of the whole office, yep. if, if that makes sense. Right. That they do the therapies, everything runs through them. They're the, the only the ones that know that we have. There. They are the only ones that know what they're talking about. Right. And the staff is just there to do the non-essential stuff like sweep the floor, clean the bathroom, call the patients back. Yep. The straight chiropractors, what we see, and there was plenty of message so far this weekend, is the doctor does what's most doctor essential. 
and you need to empower and then delegate to your staff and bring them up and give them some sort of purpose. Right. And for, I think, $300, you can pay for everybody in your staff to come here. And there's, there's courses for CAs. Yeah. You know, and hell, even if the course is not worth it, for you to look at your CA and go, hey, it's worth it for me to pay for you. Take them to dinner and, you know, yeah. yeah. Hey, I'm going to pay for some education because I don't know. I don't know what percentage of, but in my experience, not many doctors are educating their admin staff. Right. Correct. You know, and just saying, hey, I'm going to honor you because I believe in you so much. I want to see your future expand. I'm going to pay for your education and I'm going to pay for your flight and, uh, and come out here. What's the downside? You know, besides the cost, and there's, it's about as affordable as you can be. What's the downside? Right. Well, everyone, you, you can make something. You can say, well, we have to close the office, and yeah. we got to do this, and blah, blah, blah. Yep. And, what are you, you know, and everyone's going to come up with something, but um, I don't know. But if, if it's okay for you, if you're the quote-unquote linchpin, like you said, it's okay for you to leave, absolutely okay for them to leave, right? If they can multiply your productivity and your success, so say, for instance, you perform better, obviously, you know, yeah. a tremendous amount of your profit and your success comes from what your trainers do when right. you're not looking. Right. And you don't want to be there looking all the time. So if you can make them be the people who are making sure that patients are happy, uh, referring other patients, getting great results, mm-hmm. all that other stuff, I mean, how much would that easy would that make your life? Right. And we're stretching our ideas as an office. This is not fir- just- I feel really weird right now because I feel like this is the first time I've ever done a commercial for something. Mm. You know, like yeah. that I'm like, you know, that I'm... Are you saying it's okay to have a, a successful business? I feel like it's okay to do this stuff. And there's so many people on our side of the fence. Charlie, what's up, Charlie? Yeah. Charlie didn't like that term. Are you feeling soiled, Bobby? I'm feeling slightly Parker soiled. <laughs> like I'm, I'm Parker soiled here. But it, it's just like we need those pieces. There's a reason why yeah. these successful chiropractors do these things and, and success right. leaves clues. Right. And these people have been doing this stuff for many years and the success is starting to leave clues. And if you see it, you might want to incorporate some of this stuff. That doesn't mean you have to sell out, but that does mean that maybe there are some great things that straight chiropractors do that can be incorporated into what an evidence-based chiropractor does and just shoot what you're doing into the stratosphere. That's right. Uh, having this Disney wow experience with customer service. Uh, you know, who was that? There was a speaker today. I mean, he's, he's a crazy cowboy guy. And he gave no motivation whatsoever. He was not up there to motivationally speak. Uh-huh. He said, if your customer service sucks, it's because you suck. If your, Zinger. if your treatment sucks, it's because you suck treating. You know, if your person, if your uh, customer service skills suck, you suck at customer service. If it's, if it's to be due, yep. if it's to be due, it's up to you. <laughs> Um, so I, I just think people need to open their minds to sort of coming yeah. to these things, sitting through some of the, uh, the chaff to get to the wheat. Yep. But as you do that more and more, you also demand more of the conference and they're going to step up. Yep. They stepped up yep. and, and, and money talks. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I think the greatest thing for me is like, uh, on what is it on the first Iron Man movie? He says, they said, I know, I know what you are. And he says, what a genius billionaire playboy philanthropist or something like that you know he has a saying and i think that's when i know that we're hitting on all the cylinders is when the the chiropractors that are at the that are doing the kind of chiropractor you think they believe in are you know millionaire playboy philanthropist uh miracle workers or something like that you know like their patients are super happy. They're making a lot of money. They're providing excellent care. And everybody in their community knows, respects, trusts, likes, and appreciates them. 
And it's like, you can do all those things and make a lot of money and keep the insurance companies happy and have systems that work and have all those things. And I think that it's important for everybody listening. You got to step out of those shadows that I, I don't know, man, I just get this feeling that we're sitting in these shadows and we need to break out. So it's an inferiority complex. Yeah. Well, it's the, what do you guys call it in Australia? The, uh, tall poppy, tall poppy syndrome. Yeah. So anyways, all right, well, let's, uh, let's go have dinner. Let's go have some fun in Vegas. Um, any last words from any, either one of you? If it's to do, it's up to you. The house always wins. <laughs> Tim's right. ve- he's very anti-gambling. He's very disturbed when we well, go. You got to remember, it. like the research says, you're not going to win, right? So he, right. It, it's his core principle. I tried to. I didn't. I didn't break this down to you. And craps, Tim. That is the only game on the casino floor where the house, the odds are actually in your favor, not the not the house. But what Bobby's not telling you, only a portion of that. Yeah, you is can't play true. the sucker bets. You can only. Yeah. That's when you play the line. Like we you talked can't play about. hard bets on the dice. You can't. You know, there's a lot. So. We're going up big tonight, baby. That's right. Yeah. So. <laughs> On behalf of, can I say on behalf of the Forward Thinking Chiropractic Alliance? On behalf of the Forward Thinking Chiropractic Alliance, on behalf of Clinic Gym Radio, on behalf of of Chiropractic Research, uh, and the the principles based in Norway, and uh, Bobby Maybe, Tim Raven, Dr. Josh Satterley. Oh, you see how I threw my doctor in there? Yeah, I just mentioned you guys by name. That was slick, right? I learned that this weekend, you know? Uh, but anyways, go out there, maximize your license and live the life you dreamt of. Everybody here is, is the profession's changed. And we're all here to help you go make something of it. Thanks everybody. Thanks for listening to clinic gym radio. If you're ready to double your profit without working longer hours, please visit clinicgymhybrid.com and find out how easy it is to get started on your path to freedom. That's clinicgymhybrid.com. <laughs>